0: So tell us about this block party that you guys did, Micah. I know you talked about it a little bit, but just tell us a little bit about what happened down there in Wagner, Oklahoma.
1: You know, we just uh, it was just kind of a little fall carnival thing that we did. Um, we had had a good turnout. You know, Wagner's not a very big town, but we had uh, I mean hundreds and hundreds of people come through. We gave away hot dogs. Had this Euro bungee thing where you're strapped to bungee cords and you jump up and you can do flips and things um anyway it was nice weather it's like almost 90 degrees and so uh, great turnout a lot wow. of work and my wife is actually in St. Louis she left uh, left me for the day uh, she was actually with Airplane
2: my Deborah fault Project.
1: I know I'm out you know working for the Lord uh, she's out you know flying on jets all over the country Wow. I Angela, am very Angela, happy to be here. so
0: Angela, you were you guys were together, right? You and Pebble? Yes. At the at the ladies' conference. Yes. So tell us about this Deborah Project stuff.
2: It's very exciting. I'm very excited for this next year. Um, and Brother Wisdom is doing our branding. So our design for Deborah Project logo. So he sent some away today, which you are doing fantastic, Micah. Appreciate all your hard work. I I don't know when you find the time. How do you find the time? You're like you and Pubble are just ridiculously amazing.
1: And I have really tough skin, so anything any criticisms, uh, well received.
2: Okay.
0: (laughs) So, so like so a little bit more about the Deborah project. Uh, What's what's the plan for this year? I mean, what what is the Deborah project?
2: the Debra project is a conference for high school age students and 20 year old like well people in their 20s and it's to encourage women in ministry and we have amazing speakers like sister pebble wisdom who spoke last year and Tiffany Hoopa and it's just all based around ministry and what it is and just kind of encouraging people to seek out their calling in God
0: Okay, so this is like a this like a one-time conference, or is this over the year, or what? What is it?
2: It's uh, once a year. This coming year in 2015, okay. it's August 28th and 29th.
0: Oh, okay, awesome. That's great. And they and that's in St. Louis, right, at uh, Urshan College. Yes, sir. Okay, that is awesome. Well, I definitely encourage anybody that uh, is in that age bracket to go. I think, you know. Uh, Our ladies are very important in ministry, and and I'm glad that uh, our organization is putting together resources like that. I think that's tremendous. I'm assuming you're a speaker as well, Angela, is that right?
2: I have been in the past.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, we'll segue right into our introductions then. This is our Ministry Mentorship Live Bible Study, and uh, we're here today. My name is Jacob Tapia. And I am the assistant pastor at the Apostolic Church of Belleville, and I'm also the uh, founder of Ministry Mentorship. And uh, it's our purpose for uh, Ministry Mentorship is to connect Apostolic leaders with young people for ministry development. And this uh, Bible study is our uh, really part of our what we like to consider discipleship uh, for young ministers to uh, help them grow in their relationship with God. And uh, so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, if you want to follow uh, what I'm doing on Facebook, uh, jacob.tapia.7. and I don't know somebody else must have got it before me, and so I got the perfect number after my name. But I'm on Twitter at Jacob Tapia. That's J A C O B T A P I A. And we also have Michael Wisdom with us. He is the pastor in Wagner, Oklahoma, and uh, he's married to a conference speaker. He himself is also a conference speaker, and <laughs> appreciate Micah, and uh, he's been a part of this Bible study for uh, about a year now. I think I think this might be. We've been doing this for over a year now, haven't we? I, I'm pretty sure we. Have. Uh,
1: you say so? Yeah, it seems like yeah, about uh, October is when we started.
0: I think so. I think so. So this may be this may be our one year anniversary. So wow. Thank God. And then uh, we also have uh, Angela Harwood with us, and she's going to be speaking in just a little bit. Uh, she is the student pastor at Highland Village Church in Bloomington, Indiana, and uh, she is a licensed minister with the United Pentecostal Church, uh, travels all over the place doing conferences and all kinds of stuff. And so we're very honored to have her with us today, and uh, she's a part of this Bible study, been a part of again for I guess since one of the first ones that we've done so uh, we're glad to have Angela with us today and you can follow her Twitter at Angela Harwood Uh Micah, I didn't give you any social media stuff here but you can find him on Facebook I
1: like am I'm the most uncool guy when it comes to social media so that's not your fault
0: okay well I know you and your wife have a joint Facebook account uh, and that's Micah yeah. Pebble Wisdom uh, on Facebook. So you can check that out. Uh, got some great stuff there. Uh, and then if you want to, uh, during this Bible study, if you want to leave a comment or maybe if you're listening to this on our podcast, uh, you can go to ministrymentorship.com and look for the uh, Bible study page. Uh, you can also leave a comment on our Facebook page. That's uh, Facebook backslash Mentorship. Uh, we'd love to hear your comments and feedback or any questions that you might have during this Bible study you can uh, put those there and we'll, we'll answer those at the end of this uh, lesson tonight so uh, why don't we just have a word of prayer and ask God to be with us today I think this is a tremendous lesson Angela's going to be talking about the wounded healer and uh, I think this is going to really minister to somebody so let's pray and ask God to uh, talk to our hearts during our time together Lord we thank you for your goodness Thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've given us and, and your blessings in our lives. And Lord, we just pray right now that you would talk to our hearts, Lord, during this lesson and speak to us, O oh God, and encourage uh, the what you're doing in our lives, O oh Lord, and, and help us to be more like you, we pray. And touch Angela today as she ministers and use her in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, without further ado, uh, we're going to turn this Bible study portion over to Angela. Angela, take it away.
2: <laughs> Hi everyone. Uh, tonight what God laid on my heart was just to talk a bit about brokenness and forgiveness. And because of that, sometimes I feel because I am a minister, I'm exempt from pain because I am in the ministry. But the reality is is I've endured tremendous amount of pain because I am a minister. And it's sometimes the people who are closest to you who turn their backs or lie to your face or use us for whatever we can give them and then they just walk out of our lives and I think to myself sometimes am I even making a difference does this happen to other people and the more I live the more I realize what I talk to other individuals is this has happened to them too and it's in times of loneliness and betrayal and pain that we can understand Jesus and the fellowship of his sufferings. And I love that scripture because it says that we'll be conformed like him and we'll be resurrected like him, but then it says that we'll know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. And so that's when I've really gotten to know God in a different way, was when I've gone through a a really hard trial and he's been there with me. Holding my hand through it. And because Jesus is perfect without sin, I sometimes forget that he didn't live a perfect life. There was nothing perfect about his low income home, the betrayal of his family and friends, being sentenced to a dreadful and disgraceful execution, and then enduring excruciating pain as he hung and died on a cross. His life was far from perfect, and Jesus, our perfect God, lived in imperfect life and when I think about his struggles and his temptations his victories friendships heartache and pain I I realize that he in so many ways is just like us. that he has walked that lonely road that he has endured that that suffering that sometimes we cannot even bear to even think about and I go through life a lot thinking that I'm not good enough because of all my my mistakes or my disappointments my faults my upbringing And I look at my life and all the imperfections of it, and I feel like I'm not good enough to be loved by a holy God when all along he has suffered and he has been wounded. A really good scripture that I just love is Psalm chapter 34. And it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. There are 206 bones in the human body, but nothing wor- hurts worse than a broken heart. And I'm sure that there are broken people listening right now, and we've all been broken at certain times, but my brokenness is not more important than your brokenness. It just means that we've endured different trials in different situations. And I'm the type of person, like, when I'm at a conference, nobody comes and prays for me. It's ridiculous. I like go up to the altar and I squeeze tears from my eyes. And it's just, I just want someone just to come pray for me. My friend Holly, everyone prays for her. Brother Stone King, Sister Vesta, like everyone is like always circling around her and giving her a word and slapping their hand on her forehead. And I'm just like, over here, like just come pray for me, please. Like I really need a word. This is the first conference I've been to in a long time. (laughs) But that just doesn't happen to me. however last year at a district conference in Michigan I was just minding my own business it wasn't one of those times when I was like God please speak to me it was just I was praying quietly saying God I love you please use me you know those prayers that we pray and sister Claudette Walker she she came up to me and she began to speak a word into my life and it was monumental because she gave a message in tongues and then I knew that there was going to be an interpretation of it and that night and I'll never forget it for as long as I live that night God spoke into my my life directly and he said look at my hands Angela now look at your hands your hands are scarred too and that's why we walk hand-in-hand in this world together I am a wounded healer and you will be too I have been hurt by my family by my friends and you have too do not despise your times of loneliness for those are the times that you will find me and when god spoke that into my life i just kept on thinking about i am a wounded healer and that's exactly what he is and sometimes when i think of a healer i think of someone who isn't broken and who doesn't have scars and who who hasn't endured tremendous amount of pain because they're supposed to be perfect they're supposed to be whole but our God is the God who by his stripes were healed by his brokenness by his open wounds he can heal us and and God just spoke to me and he said like through all of these things that you've ever been through in your life I am your wounded healer and because of that you're going to help mend the brokenness of your generation because of the things that you have been through and I have spoke this message not this exact one before at a church but uh, I remember this 80 year old man came up to me at the altar and he just he was weeping over a memory that he had that he carried with him since he was like five or six years old and it just it just ministered to me because I'm like praying with this person who's 80 and he has carried around this hurt and this pain and this bitterness for decades and I just realize that some of us we just never outlive a betrayal or we never outlive pain and God just he all he wants us to do is just to bring that to him but every physical pain every emotional pain spiritual pain can be healed by our God and I know that there are some people who are listening that you've been betrayed by your closest friends or your closest family or if your pastor the people that you've invested So much into saints and that you depended on have just turned their back and walk away, and it just leaves you questioning what just happened. And something that happened to me as a teenager, God gave me these scriptures in Psalm chapter 55, and it says, It's not an enemy who taunts me, I could have borne that. It's not my foes who so arrogantly insult me, I could have hidden from them. Instead, it was you my equal my companion and my close friend what good fellowship we once enjoyed as we walked together in the house of God and when someone really close to us betrays our trust or breaks their promises or hurts us it it leaves a gaping wound and it it affects us in a way that it wouldn't have if it was just a complete stranger and I remember when this happened in my life I just was so confused because it was my closest friend and I just didn't understand what happened. And it's peculiar how certain memories can invade our mind. It can be as simple as a scent carried through the wind or a statement a stranger made at the checkout counter in a store. It could be a song that plays on the radio and some somehow that old memory, that old regret, that old pain, that old sin is just excavated from our mind once again and we relive the hurt or the pain or the regret and sometimes like things are brought back to my remembrance things I hadn't thought about for 10 years and I feel that regret all over again or I feel that that hurt all over again and I question myself because I think like I thought that I dealt with this at an altar 10 years ago I thought that I forgave that person and here this anger is rising up in me again or or I thought I dealt with that sin a long time ago but why do I still feel guilty from it and so it it always catches me off guard because I question myself and I question my motives and I question the forgiveness of a holy God but it's it's just so important to realize like that's in the past and if you feel that anger rise up in you again it's important to lay it down at the altar just in case like I always do just in case even though I feel like I've already had that resolved and in the handout I won't get into it a a whole lot tonight but I put life without pain is dangerous because pain gives us an important warning or injury of disease or impending danger and feeling pain can save us from further injury its it's when we touch a hot stove and we realize that if I keep touching this I'm going to have a very bad burn. And and God he puts pain in our life sometimes to protect us from further injury and if we went around life just completely numb like in the natural world like if I stepped on a nail but I had no nerve endings to tell me like don't keep pressing your foot down then I would have infection. I could lose my foot. Uh, there's all kinds of things. So God, He puts pain in our life not to hurt us or harm us, but to sometimes protect us from, from danger or from something, a relationship that He didn't ever intend for us to be involved in. Psalm chapter 55 and verse 22. It says, "Give your burdens to the Lord, and He will take care of you. He will not permit the godly to slip and fall." and it really is beyond my comprehension when I think of the love of God because he was scourged and he was whipped and he was beaten in the place of us and he had a crown of thorns placed on his head and after mocking him and striking him across the face and spitting on him the soldiers took a sip from their hand and then started beating him on the head and driving the thorns deeper into the, his scalp and it was at this time when he stood up that he was given his cross to bear and he began that journey to Mount Calvary, where he endured even more torture and even more pain for the sins of the whole world. And I'm just thankful that that God forgave us all. And and one of the scriptures that God's really had to work in my life because of certain situations um, that have happened and bitterness that entered into my life. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, it says looking diligently lest any man fail the grace of God lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled and having bitterness in our life doesn't only affect you this scripture says that many will be defiled not forgiving someone is like staying trapped in a jail cell of bitterness serving time for someone else's crime and and something that happened to me I really had a Bad relationship with my stepfather. I wasn't going to tell this story, but I might as well. Um, it was just he never hurt me personally. He never touched me, but he was very abusive to my mom. But I hated him as a teenager, and I hated him when I went to Bible college, and I hated him so bad that I would pray that he would die and go to hell. Like it just, I hated him. I've never hated anyone because I'm so I like save little. Like there was a ladybug in my house today that I found and I like released him outside. So it's not I'm not a very rageful person. I I like I like saving things. I'm a lover not a hater, but I remember carrying around this bitterness for years because of what he had done to my family and it I didn't realize how much it affected me and I went to this ladies conference in Iowa of all places in the middle of cornfields. And it was this small conference room in a hotel and the speaker there she she taught about forgiveness and she she just said like if you have unforgiveness in your heart and bitterness like God is not going to forgive you and you really need to you need to deal with that and God like spoke to my heart and for the first time ever I remember like I was hiding I was like nailed down underneath all of these chairs to the floor and I don't know how long I was there but I cried for hours until that that burden and that bitterness lifted off of me and I remember um, interceding for him that night and really praying for his soul like don't kill him let him find a place where he doesn't have to suffer in hell any longer and i remember when god healed me of that brokenness and that bitterness because it affected my relationships with all kinds of people with my friends with my family with god and i just didn't realize that i was suffering because of it and and i wanted to make him pay for what he had done by me hating him but I wasn't affecting him at all because he was, I don't know what he was doing. He was just going around being the same person that he always had been. And um, my hatred toward him wasn't affecting him in the least. It was affecting me. And so it was imperative for me to give that all to God. But we need to get to a place where Stephen did. When he was being stoned to death, he cried out, Lay not this sin to their charge. And what he was saying was, never let them pay for the sin they have done to me. God, release me of all motives and desires to see them suffer for the wrong they have done to me. God, forgive them. Never make them accountable for what they did to me. I choose not to speak against them on the Day of Judgment. And our own God and Savior, He cried out as He hung and died on a cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do and i can't imagine stephen on the day when he was being stoned to death saying forgive them and releasing that motive and desire for god to punish them for their sins but god he really desires for us to become a wounded healer and for in order for us to be used like that we need to keep our wounds clean so, they don't get infected, and we need to clean them from unforgiveness and from defeat and bitterness and from our past. He wants to use all of those things that you've ever been through so you can minister, and so the brokenness of your life can help heal the brokenness of somebody else's life. And when you come in contact with someone who has hurt you, that you can still love them, and you can still minister to them, and you can still pray for them, and you can still. Give them another chance. Like I know how many chances God has given me. I can't. They're innumerable. It's it's like arithmetic. I can't, like, add it up. It's like the number of the stars that that He's forgiven all my sins. And so, and I I mentioned this in a previous Bible study during discussion, but I'll I'll mention it again. But some of us have wounds that have left a scar, and I have this huge scar on my arm from when I was a teenager and my friend's brother was like chasing me around throwing cherries from a tree at me and I was running away from him I had a huge crush on him um, but I was running away from him and I didn't realize that I was running over a cliff into like a pit of rocks and so I have this gigantic scar on my arm from that okay and so I like look at that and I remember okay I got that when I was 13 years old but some of our wounds have left scars some of the things that we've endured and i i'm a youth pastor and sometimes i look at like teens that just enter into the youth class and i think you have lived life far beyond me like the things that they have struggled with and that they have dealt with and the things that i have had to deal with them through like meeting with parents or police officers or drug counselors or whatever like they have endured so much just as a 12 year old and so it doesn't take a really old person to know what it feels like to have a scar but people can view their scars one of two ways a scar can represent what happened to you and when you look at yourself you see someone who is defective and you you have this label like like I'm defeated or I've been abused or I've been betrayed or I, I have this addiction. And you can label yourself and it can, you can walk around with a defeatist attitude and live day by day without victory. And that's all that you'll see is just this scar. Or you can look at a scar and it can define you as a warrior. Scars prove that you have been in a battle and that you have won and that you've endured and that you did not give up and maybe maybe you don't need this message right now or this lesson right now but you might meet someone who does and if you've ever been disappointed by God if you've sinned against him or miserably failed or ignored truth you need this message if you've ever been hurt by someone if you felt betrayed by them abused by a trusted friend or a loved one or even if you felt like God let you down your miracle did not come the answer to your prayer was not what you expected. This lesson could be for you. and might not be for you right now, but it very well could be in the future. And just in closing, I just want to read a few scriptures in Isaiah chapter 53. They're very well known, but it says, "He he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. As we hid, as it were, our faces from him, he was despised, and we esteemed him not." Surely He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. And these scriptures, it just depict, depicts just an amazing God that we serve, that that he endured so much rejection I hate being rejected it's the worst feeling in the world but he endured that for us and I don't know who said it but I heard a minister say once when there's a shaking going on I wanna sit beside the one who is being shaken because they are going through to the next level of anointing and God will strengthen and establish and settle them so the glory of God will rest upon them So I just want to encourage everyone, whatever you've been through, or if you have any unforgiveness in your heart, whether it's from when you were five years old, a teenager in your 20s, if it's something that's going on right now in your life, um, just to give it to God. And this may ruffle a few feathers, but there are only three types of forgiveness that I can find in the Bible, and that's God forgiving us, other people forgiving us, and us forgiving other people and I've said it to my to some of my friends like you need to forgive yourself but I never find that in the Bible and I really feel like that's taking the place of God that I cannot forgive myself for things that I have done or said or you know like things that I've done against God it's taking a place um You know, like God's place and and a person's place to to give us forgiveness. So I encourage you to just lay that down and just say, God, here I am. Um, I'm not going to take the place of you tonight by trying to forgive myself. There's just certain things in my life that I would have never pardoned, but I'm thankful for a God that has done that. So. I encourage you to be a wounded healer tonight and just to take whatever you've been through in life and say, God, you know exactly what I've been through, you know how this person has hurt me, you know that this this thing continually is gets excavated in my mind, and my heart and in my spirit, and I don't want to deal with it anymore. So teach me how I can use this for your glory, and he will use it for his glory in Jesus' name. <laughs>
0: Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, Angela. Tremendous lesson and, and so many things that, that, that we could talk about uh, with this session. And, and I appreciate you uh, being willing to tackle this and appreciate your openness and, and uh, honesty you know, with some of these issues that, uh, that you've dealt with. And, uh, yeah, so I think... You know, right now, I'd like to just let everybody know that, that if you want to uh, ask a question uh, to Angela on anything that we've talked about tonight, uh, whether it's talking about forgiveness, uh, whether it's talking about you know some scriptures maybe that have helped you, uh, you're welcome to share those on our Facebook page. That's uh, Ministry Mentorship is the name of our Facebook page, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. At this time, I want to turn this over to Micah, and uh, he's going to just kind of guide us through some discussion, and and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that Angela's talked about tonight. Micah?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First, I want to say what a uh, tremendous lesson uh, in Bible study, and so I want to say thank you to Angela. It is a a subject that we don't like to think about, um, but the idea of pain and working through pain and coming out on the other side of pain uh, is is very uh, real and relevant to uh, Christians and so I wonder if we could just talk about maybe a time that, that each of us could think about where looking back we could see that it was positive that we had to go through some some tough times or go through a painful experience but now looking back we can see you know what I'm a better person for it I've grown and um, so Jacob you want to start start us off with that discussion. Uh,
0: yeah, I I just, as I've been, you know, kind of thinking about this lesson, I've been thinking about some of the situations that have happened in my life. And, uh, you know, I grew up in church. I, You know, I'm a fifth-generation Pentecostal. Uh, so as far as, you know, some of the things, you know, from, you know, I was homeschooled, so I, I didn't really deal with a lot of those type of things that you'd think you know someone's carrying deep scars from the things in the the world or the past you know whatever we want to call that Uh, but just like everybody else I did have relationships that that were not good that were broken so to speak and uh, I remember carrying some some tremendous bitterness uh, from those relationships and and uh, you know, here I am. You know, I'm a I'm a preacher, right? Am I? I feel like I'm screaming here. You know, I'm a preacher. So you know, preachers. Well, if anybody shouldn't have pain or bitterness or anger, you know, it ought to be preachers. You know, they're perfect, right? You know, at least whenever we see them, they're up in the pulpit preaching and telling everybody what to do. And, and the truth is, you know, as Angela shared tonight, everybody, everybody deals with pain nobody is exempt from pain and for me you know I I had to I got to a place where I was I was uh, physically dealing with uh, you know I was having stomach problems digestive problems I was depressed I couldn't eat uh, I was angry you know just my blood pressure would rise I would get uh, you know, I'd want to punch somebody's lights. I mean this is not like normal for me, you know I'm not that kind of guy that goes around punching people in the face because I'm mad at them, you know That's just that's you know, that's not me But uh, I, I was still dealing with internal effects of unforgiveness from from pain that I experienced and So you know God kind of took me through about a two-year process of, of healing and and restoration and uh, you know really restored uh, some relationships in my life and and now that I look back on that, and I can see how God used that uh, to help me to be sensitive to others that are dealing with these kind of things. And, and God's helped me to, to be able to pray with people. When I'm altar working, when I'm working on the altars with people, helping them break through, uh, I have a sensitivity from those experiences to help people pray to Forgive others that have hurt them, and so I think it's uh, definitely—I wouldn't say God willed it, but I think God has used it according to His will and worked everything out for His glory. And so, um, in that sense, I feel like it's—it's really helped me uh, in my ministry.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's—that's kind of where um, I—what I was thinking about too. That. I'm first-generation apostolic, and so um, my childhood, my upbringing was a little uh, different, a little rocky, a little tough, Uh, but now I can see that as a benefit that I can, um, when we bring uh, some kids into our church, some teenagers or whatever, if they're dealing with problems, um, I feel like I can relate, and I feel like it's a positive thing that I can come at and say, you know what, listen, I know where you are, I know what you're going through, Because I think when we're hurt and we experience pain, it can either, um, it's kind of a tipping point. It can go either way. It can lead us into bitterness. It can lead us into, even to the point of hatred. Or the other side is that it can lead us to be a wonderful testimony to other people that are hurting. And so really it's up to us because pain's going to come, hurtful events are going to come. But it's a tipping point of, uh, and we have to decide: is that going to push us over the edge into bitterness and hatred, or pushes to uh, being a testimony? So, Angela, do you have a an experience where where you can looking back, you're uh, thankful for uh, an experience that maybe at the time was painful?
2: Yes, uh, this is what came into my mind. There's all kinds of things that I could bring up, but I remember I got my wisdom teeth when I was really old like in my later 20s anyway but my whole life people were getting their wisdom teeth taken out and complaining about it and I was like oh okay uh, but when I had my wisdom teeth taken out they were taken out all at the same time and I wasn't put under and I'm allergic to antibiotics anyway and so I was like in a lot of pain and I endured all of that. I had dry socket. It was just a terrible time, just terrible. Uh, but whenever I meet people who have just had their wisdom teeth taken out, like I buy them applesauce. I hug them. I give them popsicles. like Whatever it is, like I will feed you ice cream. I will take you out for ice cream, because I know what kind of pain you are facing right now. And so instead of just sympathizing for someone, I empathize with them, and I can feel, you know, like I just want to cradle them in my arms and say, you lost your wisdom teeth. I love you. I have been through this before. Let us walk through this journey together. Um, So that's just, I just remember, like, understanding people a lot better who has had their wisdom teeth taken out, that it really, really does hurt. At least it really hurt me and so I think with anything like I've never lost a really close loved one before and so when that happens to my friends or family members like I don't know how to exactly minister to them but I know people who have suffered great losses and they're just so so strong when other people deal with that because they've been through it themselves and they just embrace that that time of mourning, and they help those people. So, uh, so it's just sometimes when we go through things, we have an empathy, and we can walk through it with someone rather than just kind of judging it from our perspective.
1: That, that is so true, because even with our best intentions, without going through and experiencing certain things, we mm-hmm. cannot really empathize to the point that people need us to. And. I have a problem that I have never um, I've never missed uh, a church service for being sick. I just I don't get sick very often. And even when I get sick, it's not really bad sick, it's just kind of a head cold. Um, when when I was working full time and a secular job and now you've been working part time, I've never in fifteen years used a sick day. I just don't get sick very often and like I said, I can even function when I do. And so I have a really hard time and my wife has to remind me a lot that people get sick enough that they can't come to church or people get sick enough where they can't come to work. The I just don't get it. It's just not like, I'm just like, get up, you know, throw, in, throw down some caffeine and just, you know, get on with the day. Um, and even though as a pastor, that's a terrible, you know, thing to have, problem to have. But I have to, you know, even with the best intentions, it still is difficult to empathize because I haven't gone through those things. But um, I have some friends that um, had very severe health problems, and you know they they get it, and so they're they're like you and the wisdom teeth people. I mean they connect, with people. and so it can be positive. I, I read an article; um, uh, it was called "The The Agony of Not Feeling Pain," and it was about a guy that um, had this disorder that I can't even begin to. Uh, uh, pronounce pronounce just this longer but he couldn't feel pain at all and he went through and when he was a baby and his teeth began to come in he would chew on his tongue um, he, he was roller skating one time broke his leg the bone was poking through um, and he was still roller skating um, and he had these internal injuries and anyway he he died very young as a young man and on the surface it seems like that would be a blessing to live life absent of pain because we we are kinda geared like that toward society there are many products there are a lot of pills you can take and the whole purpose is that you can avoid pain and so when you see someone that is living a pain-free life that to me on the surface seems like that would be a blessing that would be great but as Angela told us Pain-free is dangerous because there's no warnings, there's no um, signs to help us understand when there's a problem. And going back to the old um, phrase, you know, when you're exercising, no pain, no gain. Which, you know, <laughs> yeah, I say no pain, you know, good deal. That's just no pain, but <laughs> but there is truth to that. When you exercise or when you work out, if you're to lift weights and you're sore in certain areas and it's painful, that means there's growth. That means there's strength that's happening. So I think sometimes pain-free can be seen as a blessing, but really it can be um, be, as Angela told us, dangerous. So um, one thing Angela talked about scars and how they can they can show us to be um, show us to be victorious. And so I wonder if we could just talk a little bit about maybe how do we get to the point of being a testimony? How do we get to the point where our scars can help somebody else? And so Angela, just maybe help us, how did you get to the point where things that you experienced, you were healthy enough emotionally and spiritually to be able to help somebody else?
2: Well, things that I've dealt with in life, uh, let's just say someone has, and this is all hypothetical, but someone has an addiction to cigarettes and they come to church, they're delivered from it. And so, someone, a new convert comes in and they're struggling with it. That person who has been delivered from nicotine has that kind of authority to speak into that person's life. And things that I have dealt with in my life, um, like I can speak with authority over certain things because I have been through that before. And I can have that testimony where I've been through this Uh, at Bible college. I remember there was just a certain time I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was loving God. I was winning people to God, praying, praying people through to the Holy Ghost in living rooms during teaching Bible studies. But the enemy just brought back all kinds of garbage from just my upbringing and all this and all of a sudden I felt defeated I was like I'm just gonna throw in I'm just gonna go home I have nothing to offer God is never gonna use me I have nothing to offer and I got so discouraged and so depressed that I just wanted to give up and I remember just in a moment God spoke to me in prayer and I realized what the enemy was doing and that my mind was a battlefield and I get so mad and I was like his worst enemy after that because I was like you don't do that to me and so I remember speaking to other people's lives at volleyball college that wanted to give up and I was like no like you just need to keep on going and endure because I had been through a similar situation and so I don't I don't know if I'm answering your question but yeah. Uh, (laughs) but it's just important just to to look at those things that you have triumphed over and that you are victorious because you have that victory like I can speak into people's lives about certain situations because I have gone through a similar thing and I can speak with authority like God can help you I know that God is a provider because he has provided for me over and over and over again it's tried and proven not only does his word say it but he's done it to me. And so it's just important just to, just to speak that with authority, and it really does encourage people, and it increases faith and, and really helps people out.
1: Good, very good. Uh, Jacob, where, how do you know if you're ready, like emotionally and spiritually, to, to help someone? Like if you're going through a painful experience, at what point do you feel like I'm, I'm well enough to help someone else get through this situation?
0: Wow um, well that doesn't seem as easy for me as it uh, did for Angela there my goodness but, uh, you know I think I think there comes a point when you I, I I think there's a difference between when you're when you're right in the middle of it and you feel it so intense uh, that you can actually it's maybe something you're not you're not really talking about very much because you're still uh, feeling the intensity of that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think there comes a point, and my, my instructor, I had an instructor, Bible school, Daniel Blash, that he would tell us. Uh, he said that that when you when you first have a situation like that. It could feel like like the knife in the chest. You know, you you just can't even. Oh, what's happening? Your mind just flying around, whatever, and and you know you're bleeding blood, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> and, and then he said, after a while, he said that that whatever emotional pain that you would feel will eventually become just just like a pinprick, and so you you don't feel as the pain as much. Uh, but yet, you still constantly have that memory. So I think if we say, "Well, you know, I'm just going to wait until everything's perfect in my life," well, you'll never be perfect. You'll never ever have a time uh, where you don't you you don't feel that or you don't uh, have an experience. I think we're always facing trials and tests. And I was reading James today where he says, "Count it all joy." When you fall into diverse temptations, and and uh, in that sense, it's talking about like being right in the middle, being surrounded, basically. So there are times when we find ourselves surrounded. Uh, but I think even even in the middle, even if we are in pain, we can still testify that God is good. We can always testify that the Lord keeps us. That, like David said, uh, he leads me uh, beside still waters he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies so that even though I'm surrounded by pain even though I'm surrounded by the situation that I'm in that right. God is still providing that God is still uh, giving me the provision that I need to you know and sometimes when you're in ministry to to preach even though you're hurting to uh, testify to teach someone even though you need someone to teach to you to put your arm around somebody even when you really need somebody to put their arm around you
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and I'm to talk a little bit more about this a little bit later but but I do think in everything that we face we can still give glory to God and we may not be able to to talk about some things right as they're happening in our lives but, but I believe there will come a point when we get to that place where God says okay now it's time to speak now it's time to share uh, this particular area.
1: Right. I think I think that's great advice. You know, when you're in the heat of the battle, it may be impossible for you to help someone else because you're really trying to to fight through it yourself. But not to feel like, you know what, I have to be perfect and get everything settled before I help somebody else. Because I think there's value in someone that's still in the struggle that can give God glory, can be used by God, be a testimony. Um, I know this is uh, a lesson that is really uh, speaking to a lot of people. We've had uh, Debbie send in a message that said, Awesome Word tonight. Thanks for making it available. God bless you guys. Um, One thing I really want to maybe wrap up with in our discussion time is a lot of people that watch these Bible studies, and of course all three of us, are involved in ministry. And so sometimes when you're going through a painful experience and you're experiencing hurt, but you still have to minister so say um you know I have to I have to preach on Sunday morning but I'm right in the middle of a battle It's like I can't just take a time out for three months take a sabbatical and tell the church hey I'll be back when I feel better um so how do do we do that how do we as ministers continue to minister and speak and encourage even though we may be hurting ourselves
0: you know uh, Micah just one thing that comes to my mind is is really is the body of Christ, and uh, I think the scripture is pretty clear that when one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And part of our part of our struggle as ministers is sometimes we feel that pressure that we have to be perfect. We can't ever go through a trial. We can But but really, we need to have people in our lives, uh, our pastor, uh, our our close friends somebody that, that is in ministry, mentors, somebody that we can go to and say, look, I'm really hurting right now, and I need you to pray for me, and I need you to support me. Uh, I think we all need to have that in our lives so that we can we can know, look, I'm not going through this alone, but that I have other people that are strengthening me and praying with me about that. So that's just one thing that comes to mind. Hey, Angela, do you have any thoughts?
2: Uh well something that just came to my mind during music class uh, at Bible college it my teacher had said if the song is not ministering to you you're not going to really minister to other people if it's not touching your heart and so when we are going through a broken time in our life or when someone has betrayed us or when we've lost a family member or when we've messed up we can use that not as an advantage in a bad way but in a good way where we can be transparent enough to not exactly tell everybody what's going on but transparent enough that we are exposing ourselves to where we can really not just speak a sermon and not just say amazing words with you know with eloquence but but where we really truly get down and when we minister and I it's really hard to do because I try to pretend like I everything's okay all the time and I I want people to know that I have a positive attitude no matter what's going on in my life but there are times when God can use our struggles to minister to other people because guaranteed the the youth group that you're ministering to or your congregation or the ladies conference or or that person that might be at the grocery store next to the apples, guaranteed they're going through something themselves. And by you opening up and just being available to be a bit transparent, it's gonna really go the long, like a more than a, a long mile. It's gonna go the distance, and it I believe with all my heart that it will minister to that person. So I just encourage you just to open up a bit and not to. Uh, just to be closed off in your times of loneliness.
1: Yeah, that's that's a great answer. That's actually exactly what I was going to say. Is is when you're going through pain as ministers. Now I don't know if that should make you feel good or bad, Angela. But uh, <laughs> um, that you know God could be using that, and that we should use that. We shouldn't try to hide that. And you know, you obviously don't get in the pulpit and you know. Just spill your guts and (laughs) say everything terrible going on in your life. And you know, there's some days I'd like to get out and like point fingers and say, "This (laughs) this guy over here is giving me really, uh, you know, a hard time." But but when you're going through pain, to to allow God to use that and through true transparency or whatever, because what I have found is sometimes I'll write a sermon and it's almost written to me or to the problem that I'm dealing with and it's amazing how many people God will touch and so I think God will use that sometimes so we should not always look at it as a negative it may be one of those things same thing as there's a a broken bone or there's an injury God is saying hey there's a problem here and I want you to address this I'm gonna turn over to you Jacob
0: All right. thank you Micah I do appreciate it and it's been some great discussion and uh, uh... Thank you, Debbie, for that uh, kind word, and we do appreciate everyone that has uh, sent in emails, Facebook posts, and, and you know, a word of encouragement or even uh, some feedback. You know, what can we do better, any topics that you'd uh, like to hear about uh, from this Bible study in particular. But I want to thank everybody uh, tonight for being on this, for Micah and Angela joining us. Angela, thank you for that lesson, and uh, if you haven't gotten it, you can get a download Of the handout at ministrymentorship.com backslash Bible study. If you haven't done so, encourage you to become a subscriber to ministrymentorship.com and uh, we have a subscribe section in the upper right hand corner of the website. Love to have you be a part of that. So uh, at this time, we're going to ask Angela to close us out in prayer and uh, we'll call it a night.
2: Lord, thank you for who you are thank you for being our wounded healer Lord that if our road is lonely you've already walked that road if our hearts are heavy Lord that you've already endured all of that sorrow on the cross Lord and that you have just endured everything that we ever could possibly have ever dealt with in our life Lord. I pray for every single individual listening to this lesson tonight Lord and I pray that you would help heal their hearts Lord help them to listen to you and help them to know that in every single bit of their suffering and their times of need that that you are wanting to use that for your glory. Lord, I pray that you would bring people into our lives that we would be able to minister to. Lord, that the value of something is the price that we are willing to pay for it and God that you are willing to pay the highest price and that you have restored our lives. Lord, I pray that you would help us with any unforgiveness and bitterness. Your word does say that you will not forgive us if we have unforgiveness in our hearts. So, God, I pray that if any of us have that in our hearts, even me, myself, right now, I pray that you would reveal it to us. Oh, God, that you would reveal it to me, Lord, and I bow down before you tonight. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that you would heal us and use us for your glory. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Well thank you all for, for being a part of this. And again, it's our ministry mentorship live Bible study. Uh, just wish you all have a great night. God bless.